and welcome to the very first episode of the Parenting Human Beings podcast. I'm your host, Eugenia McGuire, and I wanted to take the opportunity to introduce myself before I dove right into interviews and whatnot, and a little bit about where I'm coming from and offering this podcast. Future episodes will feature various parenting experts and parents themselves, as well as other human beings that I find interesting, that I think could serve modern parents. Now, first of all, I wanted to address the word I just used, expert. This podcast does not come from a place of expert versus listener. In fact, what I'm hoping for is to convey the opposite and humbly serve parents or anyone wanting to understand children, or even themselves as adults wanting to make sense of their own childhood. I'm here in service to folks, and my hope is to produce shows that will be of value in some way. Now, a little bit about my story and how I came to be interested in the subject matter of parenting of all things. My wife teases me, saying that it's because I'm just super nerdy, but her and I both know that there's a lot to it that runs very deep. In my adulthood, I was a foster parent to a group of high-needs children in care for five years, and oh man, did I struggle. We had our ups and downs together, some of the downs at which I cringe. Unfortunately, I didn't know what I know now and was doing what many parents do and just winging it. I also found myself in a parenting role working as a social worker in what are called reunification homes where children who are apprehended by child protection services for safety reasons are given a place to live where their parents can stay, visit, or sometimes even live with them as an alternative to traditional foster homes or group homes. In that setting, I would support parents to get things in order and gain the capacity to bring their children back home. There were several times where I became very attached to the children in my care, especially when reunifying the family wasn't an option and the parents were absent. At these points, I became a temporary surrogate parent to children living in these homes. I've also worked as a generalist social worker and had parents come to me in search of help, answers, and support. Most of all, though, what led me to studying attachment, which is the science of relationship and how we are wired as creatures of connection, was my drive to make sense of my own childhood and my history. I grew up in a very violent and unstable home. My parents were young and immature when they had me and had unprocessed and deep trauma histories themselves, as well as undiagnosed mental and emotional health issues. Coupled with the stress of just making ends meet and living in isolation in rural Alberta, we lived in tension and violence, but kept it hidden from the outside world. My sister and I left home when I was 17 and she was 14, and we were determined to make it on our own, but as you can imagine, we were always in some sort of urgent mode of survival. When my mother died by suicide when I was 20, it brought all of the suffering and repressed emotional wounding and neglect to the fore, and I found myself not just anxious as I had always been, but experiencing panic and terror. There was a lot of suffering for the years to follow, but one thing led to another in my search to get out of the muck, and I needed to find tools to heal myself and to make sense of what the human experience is. I found many mentors, and one of them was Dr. Gordon Neufeld. His theory, his attachment-based developmental paradigm, was the jackpot for me in terms of understanding myself and how I'd come to be the way that I am and how to get myself where I wanted to be. 
I had many other mentors and guides along the way that I must pay homage to as well, namely Marv and Shannon Harwood, who are elders in the Crow's Nest Pass area of Alberta. These two ushered me into processes where I was able to dig deep into past wounds and carve a pathway out of feeling hopelessness, helplessness, and worthlessness, the three main plagues of woundedness, and unload much of my baggage that I was carrying. One of the fascinating things that their work led me to was a trip to Peru to learn from elders down there. They'd been doing the trip for many years and had asked the elders what our North American community could do for them as a way to give back or show reciprocity for the teachings they'd shared. These Peruvian elders said that they wanted school supplies for their children, which led to the forming of a charity called Kamapi Kids, which has since dissolved I had the privilege of going on the last trip that the group took with the charity before it dissolved and got to deliver school supplies to children in remote communities of the High Andes Mountains. The trip was amazing in many ways, but one of them was the opportunity to observe functioning, pure, attachment-based culture that is still intact. Many of Peru's bigger cities are, of course, very westernized in a sense, but in these communities, they live the African proverb that it takes a village to raise a child. What I observed there was that all the adults in the community were taking care of the children. Everyone in general had a place in the community and had value. These were small villages and in essence everyone knew each other and probably had for most of their lives. They had to make it work. It was no surprise to me that these people did not have the mental and emotional health issues that we have in North America. Had I not studied Dr. Neufeld's attachment-based paradigm, I don't know if I would have been able to fully appreciate what I was seeing, but I knew exactly what I was seeing. These children were very well balanced and connected to all the other adults and were generally kind to each other, save for typical immaturity stuff you see in kids. One of the things that Dr. Neufeld and Dr. Gabor Mate talk about is the lack of culture in the Western world. And by culture, I mean, you know, true culture, culture that has the rituals, the scripts, the um, ceremonies that hold its people, that guide its adults and basically um, lead them to where they need to go. Dr. Neufeld says that now in the absence of this culture, we need to know what it is that we need to do, whereas culture used to tell us what to do. We didn't have to understand um, what we were doing. We just did it that way because that's the way that it's always been done. Now, when I was in Peru, I saw this contrast between our cultures with my own eyes and I got it. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how we would at this point go from A to B or even if that's our answer. Um, we are the society we are. We're wired the way we are. We're individualistic. I don't know if we can get to a tribal culture per se, but I do see what we've missed out on, and I felt it. I do see that other cultures don't divide adults into parents and non-parents the way we do, and they don't allow um, the parents to carry all of the responsibilities and the weight of parenting. In our culture, parents are lucky if there's two of them working together, let alone a tribe of support. It's not easy nowadays, I understand that. I saw a meme the other day on Facebook that was called How to Be a Mom in 2019, and I want to share it. Um, of course, we could say dad or how to be a parent in 2019. It said this. 
Make sure your children's academic, emotional, psychological, mental, spiritual, physical, nutritional, and social needs are met while being careful not to overstimulate, underestimate, improperly medicate, helicopter, or neglect them in a screen-free, processed foods-free, plastic-free, body-positive, socially conscious, egalitarian but also authoritative, nurturing but fostering of independence, gentle but not overly permissive, pesticide pesticide-free, two-story, multilingual home, preferably in a cul-de-sac with a backyard. Also, don't forget the coconut oil. This seems to be the pressure on modern parents. Wow. For me, there is no greater population that I would rather serve than the ones who are carrying that burden and who are raising the next generation. I would like to think that all the adults in our society are raising this next generation or at least contributing somewhat to creating the conditions for their development so that they can be their best selves and tackle all the problems we've left for them. Sadly, I do acknowledge that we don't do it collectively enough and that we tend to have so much on our own individual plates that even if we have the intention to live more communally and help parents bear some of the burdens of making it all work, we often fall short. If I can be of service in some small way with the PHB podcast, I hope that it helps. I welcome your input and your questions, and I encourage you to email me so that I can reflect on your stories and unpack some of the things you're grappling with as parents in the trenches. Find my email and website in the show notes and feel free to write in. My next episode features Dr. Deborah McNamara, one of my favorite human beings. She's the author of Rest, Play, Grow, Making Sense of Preschoolers, or Anyone Who Acts Like One. The title usually elicits some laughter. You all know someone who just didn't quite make it into adulthood along with their body. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Take good care and happy listening. Bye for now, folks.